Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my three regular co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Hello! Hello? Just, just quiet, just... Hello! Well, I, I was kind of waiting for someone else to speak, so I didn't over speak over them, you know. Uh -huh. the... And I always wanted to see what you were going to do if I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> kind of one of those awkward silences. We're, we're starting off strong, aren't we? <laughs> Don't edit that. <laughs> this is definitely getting caught. Yeah. Don't know if I appreciate this uh, this chaos thrown into a finely old machine. <laughs> hey, man, you're all about the chaos. Don't, don't, don't give me that. <laughs> yeah, chaos that I control. Chaos for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they will be reprising their roles as Tommy Hawkins, our gunslinger rogue, Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric, and Dick Fate, our barbarian. And I feel um, last week was very much the uh, the founding of a new party. And it happened in a tavern. What more D&D can you get? Hey, <laughs> didn't even notice, but yes, we right? did. Right? I didn't, you know what? Yeah. Legitimately didn't think about that till after I was um, editing the episode, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we've gone so kind of far out of the traditional tropes that we've ended up back in again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, oh, what a strange tale we weave. Indeed. <sighs> but, yes, last week we kind of had the not-quite-trial of Dick Fate, where he was uh, put a case forward towards... I keep calling him Guard Captain Emmerich, but I suppose he's really Commander Emmerich now. And you guys kind of... Uh, you weren't super successful in bringing Emmerich on board. He still very much distrusts the man that stole his face and committed horrifying, horrifying crimes in his name. But he uh, acquiesced enough to not murdering Dick on the spot. <laughs> Yay! It's, it's something. And, and, and hey, what a surprise. We failed speech checks. <laughs> I was going to say, our persuasion didn't... Mm, yeah. Luckily for you guys, um, though he might be very uh, hate-filled towards Mr. Fate. He does actually like the pair of you, so it kind of balanced out, I guess. So. Aww. At least he trusts Someone you likes us. Oh, sorry. Well, you saved his life. <laughs> you, you technically saved his life multiple times, so he does feel at least a bit indebted to you. I like Emmerich. I think hmm. he's a cool dude. Good. We're not paying him, so it's all fine. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's do, doing it for... I guess you guys are paying him now. I, I see uh, Emmerich I mean... as a shareholder, and he has the keys to the treasury, so... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 yeah. He's he's the captain of the guard. I mean, you gotta kind of kind of gotta pay the guards, or at least um, ensure they're well compensated in other ways. Yes, it's very much the uh, tale of Rome. Keep the soldiers happy. Definitely. But yes, you uh, chatted to Dick and kind of got him on board with things when you were in the tavern. Kind of agreed to this new setup going forward that you guys will work together. And rather unfortunately, while that was going on. Solara was trying to access her natural magic and was failing. She was doing that by herself back in the castle. So, yeah, you guys are a little bit unawares of what's going on right now as you drink your way into the evening. Oh, and another important note, uh, Mr. Fate has a duck sword at the minute. Or maybe Tommy has it, I don't know. But one of you is summoning infinite ducks. He is, he, <laughs> yeah, he, is, um, he, he gave it back because I, I want the duck sword back. <laughs> yeah. Infinite ducts is up to eighteen a day. Yeah. What? Which? Which? Which don't disappear? 
But still only 18. Yes, every single day you can have up to 18 ducks. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> assuming, fly, my pretties, fly. Yeah, assu- assuming that there are infinite a number of days, there are infinite number of ducks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could, we could strap all kinds of things to ducks. Duck grenades. I was, I was oh. just thinking that, like like the penguins in Batman 2. <laughs> <laughs> but with ducks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know exactly what you guys are doing next. I know there is talk about going after Rogar, and obviously there will be revelations around Solara when you get a chance. But for right now, you spend the evening... Drinking, bonding a little bit, occasionally going to chat to uh, the locals, chatting to the barman. You know, kind of getting yourself home and settled after what has been quite an ordeal. It's been a difficult, I think, week and a bit with the whole Shimmering River Camp experience, and you've learnt a lot, more than maybe you wanted to know, but now I think at least Tommy and Sophia's eyes have been uh, opened, shall we say. Mm, I think so. It's one of those things we've we've always kind of been held back a little bit from what Rogar was up to. And, you know, we, we haven't really tried peeking behind the curtain too much, but it's never been massively in our interest. You know, ne- neither of us are particularly like fate of the world type characters. So, mm. but it kind of feels like that fate of the world type stuff is now being thrust upon us harder than ever. Mm. Starting to be become a little bit difficult to ignore. Yes, we are reaching escalation points, which, uh, well, we'll see how they go. I guess then, so if we'll kind of call this night to an end, you guys obviously drink, catch up, have some fun, and then eventually retire for the evenings. You can uh, be thankful that there are no strange dreams or occurrences as we roll Ooh. into the next day. And I think that's, that's, that's a first, isn't it? I know. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Turn up for the books. <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, Dick, what little sleep you get to, I assume, get rid of the last of the exhaustion. Your yeah. sleep is never pleasant, so I th- we'll brush you aside a little bit there. <laughs> Especially after uh, the day of meeting Emmerich, you uh, are treated to a few ghastly thoughts that you very quickly push aside. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds fair. <laughs> so as you get up in the morning, you do your usual you know, personal rituals, you pray to your gods, you... Uh, steal your animal totems, you polish your guns, etc, etc. When you're getting up, I would assume this is probably Sophia who would notice this as you are making your way down for a bit of breakfast. Solara's door is still shut. You see, Dick and Tommy have already left their rooms. Our four is presumably wandering around somewhere, but Solara's door is still completely shut. Right, I'm gonna go knock on it. Solara, you alright, hun? Um, no... And you see the door slowly creak open. And Solara looks almost like she hasn't slept. She was looking pale and horrible for these past few days anyway, but it looks even worse today. Now it's not only like a some sort of physical ailment, she physically has not slept on top of everything else. Yeah, she just looks terrible. And you can see that she's her eyes are quite red, either from both exhaustion and crying. What's wrong? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. I keep... And she sort of sighs and points her hand towards a mirror, and you watch as a tiny little spark leaves her fingers, but then fades. No magic really happens. And she goes, 
it's it's been like that it's been like that all night I, I i can't do anything i can't do the simplest of things i don't understand right okay when's the last time you had a good night's sleep i i, mean, I slept okay while we traveled i i didn't feel I, mean, I felt exhausted i guess but i still i was sleeping i, I nothing kept me awake right okay Did, when did you notice this the magic stuff Last night, I, without thinking, I tried to, I tried to just cast a simple spell. I, I wanted to, I wanted to put my cloak on one side, so I tried to create a mage hand, but it just wouldn't work. And then I tried, tried to create some lights that wouldn't work. And then I tried some more complicated things, and just nothing was happening. Do you know what? Maybe because of all the shape shifting that we've done. Maybe let's let's just try and rest it. I mean, it, maybe you've pulled a muscle, for example, you know, and and if you just give it a rest, it it will come back. But let's um, let's see if there's someone that I don't know a healer. It's got to be someone that knows more about this than me. Do you want to come down? Let have some breakfast. Just just don't worry about it for a sec, okay? Um, if you like, from that ex- uh, description, you can do an arcana check yourself if you want. Or a medical check mm. if you want to actually examine her. Oh, God. Minus... That medicine is wisdom. Intelligence for arcana, then. Come on. Eight. Bloody hell. Eight. Yeah, your arcana is not your specialty. And, I mean, when you had Solara checked out by Oswald, he seemed... To think that only her memories were affected and because she was a natural-born sorcerer, she wouldn't have any problem casting spells. And up to this point, that seems to have been the case. You don't know if something has changed or if this has escalated in some way or she's done something to make it worse. You don't know, fortunately, with an eight. Right. Let's go down, have some breakfast. We'll talk it over. Don't, Don't try to do any more magic. You've probably been doing that all night, haven't you? She sort of nods, kind of meekly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's. You're running on empty. You haven't slept. Let come on. Let's go find the boys. She'll uh, follow along behind you if you head downstairs to uh, grab a bit of breakfast. I assume Tommy and Dick are probably already sat down there, having a few drinks and having a, a spot of food. Yeah, probably. Most like. At this point, probably filling Dick in on actually what's in the castle and where he can go for certain facilities and whatnot. But yeah, as you two are chatting. Solara and Sophia make their way downstairs. Um, Yeah, I'm looking at Tommy, trying not to seem panicked, but I am panicking. Odd. Um, You're right, uh, mate. uh, Yeah, not not bad. Same as I was when I saw you this morning on the way down. Yeah, um, got a few new developments. Okay, that doesn't sound great. What's up? Yeah, Solara's magic isn't working but that's okay we will find someone to sort that won't we tommy what um what can it can it do that is it like a bit of stage fright you know or something else so does it just stop working do you run out and have to fill it up she sort of shakes her hand goes normally it's just physical exhaustion um if i if I try to cast too many spells, you know, it's just the day. Like, I, I sleep and I feel better by the morning and then I'm, you know, right as rain. 
And that's not the case then. Have you have you actually slept? I I didn't sleep much last night, but I've slept. I've slept through the past few days without a problem. Um, when, Except for what, that weird sleep where you just kind of passed out. When did you uh? When did you start noticing you couldn't, you know, get it up, get the flames up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the, the last spell I cast successfully was that ball of fire on Menderax a few days ago. Just before you, uh, you had a little moment. She nods. All right. And do you do you remember? Did anything happen to cause that? Could that be? Could that be what caused it? I. I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure. Sophia, do me, um, do me a history check, just to jog your memory. Okay. 17. 17. Before Menderak showed up, when you guys got to the camp, there was a, a slightly peculiar moment where Solara remembered Ansir and having met him, mm-hmm. which then caused her nose to start bleeding, as if she'd stumbled onto a thought that she shouldn't have been able to get to. And then, obviously, after that is when she collapsed. When I heard the... You know, I heard Nahar cursing her when we were in Oswald's tower. Mm-hmm. Will I, will I, did I hear him say that he, she would forget everything she held dear? I can tell you specifically what he said. Hmm. That'd be cool. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you heard... You shall pay with all you hold dear. Your life shall be naught but ash upon the winds. Right. Solara, I think this is part of Nahar's curse. Your magic. You seem to remember something just before we got attacked the other night. And then your nose started bleeding and then you started feeling woozy. So you went for a lie down and it kind of happened at the same time. I mean, you're, when you first came to me and in the tower, you've I heard of I heard Nahar cursing you, and it said something about everything, forgetting everything you hold dear, and obviously your magic is is a is a part of you. It's such a like you said, you just try to use mage hand flippantly. We're gonna have to, I don't know, find Nahar. Well, I guess. I guess we might have to do that, but but we're still we still need to sort out what's going on with uh, well, Dragon Rogar and the heart and the location on the map and everything that's going on up here. I don't think we can. I don't think we got time to head over and see if we can search out Nahar, even if we had some idea where he might fucking be. Tommy, we I said oh, no. I the deal was if something. Yeah, if if we. If we get a location in a heart and we yeah, can get there, yeah. then yeah, fuck it. We'll, we'll we'll go we'll go find the bastard, give him a kick in, and tell him to put Solara's memories back. Uh, no worries, but uh, it's going to be a wild goose chase unless we got any leads. And right now we've got who fucking knows what with giants and demons and a fucking dragon up in the north. And if we don't sort that out soon, who knows what's going to happen? Solara, I'll look to you, Sophie, and goes, oh, I don't remember meeting this this guy, but do, do you both know him? Like, what what do you know? What, of Nahar? Yeah. T- Tommy, Tommy's going to kind of like shrug like, fuck all. 
<laughs> really? Right. Get my notes. He is my father's spy master, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Where are my notes? And a grade A prick. I think that's <laughs> literally all I have. A... He's an elf and a spy. Is there anything else that I know, Cookson? The only other thing, if I remember correctly, Oswald told you that this seemed to be some sort of fey magic. This wasn't like typical arcane magic or a typical curse. Right. So, I mean, what we could what what we could do is we could uh, we could ask put put word out for our traders to try and get the feelers out next time they're in the city. See if they can if they find word of uh, Nahar, your father, or if anyone they find an expert in fey magic or something i don't know see if we can get any leads from that while we're uh, off up north does that sound okay to you solara it doesn't sound like we have a great deal of other options i suppose i mean w- without my magic i'm basically useless i, I you're not can't... useless love okay but i can't I can't fight like this. I can't. What am I going to do? Use a crossbow? <laughs> oh yeah, we don't. We don't even have that anymore. I think it fell on Rogar. <sighs> Sorry, that wasn't helpful at all. Tommy, right. do, you, so like, do you want to stay here? I mean, well, look. Yeah, no, no offense to you, Shadara, but <coughs> <coughs> well, go on. All right, Dick. That was a uh, pregnant cough. Just to interject. Um, that's a long word. You, you guys have an armory, no? Yeah, armor girl. We could, uh, we could, we could, we could stick her up with some, uh, some plate and a shield. How, how are you at uh, swinging a sword, Sadar? Um, I think I would do more harm to myself than the enemy. Yeah, <laughs> no, n- f- figured as much, but. I mean, it might not be a bad idea to grab yourself uh, maybe a quarterstaff or a dagger or something just to keep yourself safe. And then, yeah, it might be it might be for the best if you if you hang back here. See if you can uh, speak to the traders when they come back and, yeah, I don't know, fill them in what, what we're looking for. Maybe see if you can get some leads. I don't want to split the party. <laughs> well, I, I mean, out of character, yeah. do, you, do you want to carry... A defenseless NPC around with you that you you care deeply about to possibly our most dangerous encounters we have. <laughs> or yes. not. You do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well All she right. can come along. <laughs> Alright, Rogar, let's go for it. <laughs> uh, uh, Rogar even showed more compassion because he left it behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that it means well, what else we we don't want to drag her along and immediately get her killed i mean she 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 nearly dies in most encounters anyway mm. i mean solara is definitely not up for leaving this place with you know a staff and a bag of darts she's not exactly uh, um proficient in much what she will suggest though is she'll say if this is you know i i might not know a lot of what i once did but i still have i still have my knowledge of the arcane and we have we have a library in a lab if we're waiting to hear about sightings of this nahar or your your family i i could i could see what we have on 
fey magic in the Feywild. I, I'm no expert on it right now. I know a little bit, but maybe the time could be spent trying to research cases like this. To, to, Tommy, um, Tommy sort of slaps his hands together and goes, fantastic, that sounds like a great idea, Solara. Gives a pat on the shoulder and goes, yeah, you do the, you do the reading. And hopefully... Because Tommy doesn't can... know how. Fuck off. Hopefully, yeah, we can find out something, a good lead for when we get back. And yeah, we'll see what we can do. Can, can I ask a quick question, Cookson? Mm-hmm. Does does Dick remember anything about Montel mentioning he's from the Feywild? Uh, with it coming up a lot, yes, I would say you do. That does ring just the slightest bell that Montel said something about the Feywild. You you uh you you say you know about Feywild? Montel say Montel mentioned Feywild. What you know, girl? Um, I mean, my knowledge right now is pretty limited. I know it's it's a, a place where fairy creatures fey unsurprisingly make their home um hags and eladrin and pixies things like that it's a it's a place where it's almost like this world but where nature has taken over so a a structure here might be like a a volcano there you know like it's a it's a, a natural reflection of things um, I don't really know much more about it than that. Yeah, that's totally confusing to Dick. Um, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> uh, simple term? Um, okay, uh, let's say, do you know what a mirror is? <laughs> yeah, Dick no mirror. Dick, Dick, Dick use mirror for face paint. Yeah, okay, so let's say if you looked in a mirror and you were stood in this, this hall right now, Instead of seeing the hall behind you, all the stone, you might just see a mountain if you were looking into the Feywild. It's like so, uh, this world, but different. People from uh, Feywild here? Yeah, they can. I believe they can come over. Um, I know a lot of elves claim to trace their uh, ancestry quite closely back to the Fey. I mean, I'm only a half-elf, but probably somewhere back down in my uh, heritage. Hmm... So, 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 Dick. Uh, sounds like Solara is going to do a bit of reading about it. So, if your 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 pal Montel has got something to do with it, maybe maybe the information she finds out might be useful. Yes, yeah, uh, Dick agree. Yes, useful information. Dick, uh, Dick, talk to you after you do read. She nods. Yeah. Dick, Dick want armory now. Yeah, right, okay. Have we all uh, all finished up? Um, I was going to try and grab another sausage before I leave. Oh, no. Wait, what? Dick sausage. <laughs> uh, no. No, I'll tell you what. If my sausage on my plate was fucking green, I wouldn't be eating it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, you've totally knocked me out of character. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, <we're... laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yes we're um <laughs> no just a, just just a regular sausage okay <laughs> yep not 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 just not a not a <laughs> no nothing else and then yeah then we'll go to the armory to see about um show dick what's there i'll i'll, I'll eat it on the way as i'm walking around Okay, so, yeah, you guys can head over to the armory, where you see has been stocked up since you last went in. You see a lot more uh, guard gear 
looks actually freshly either crafted or repaired. Uh, Jared has certainly been busy working on things. Um, but I will say the armory itself right now is mostly basic gear. So you're talking about like standard guard gear, which yeah. I think mm -hmm. is probably a bit low quality for yourselves in terms of any upgrades. You see an assortment of regular weapons, obviously. So any like basic weapons or basic martial weapons you would be able to find here, if there's anything you particularly wish to stock up on. Is there anything like hammer-wise, like small claw hammer-wise size? Yeah, certainly. You could find um, effectively all manner of light hammers. Okay. Dick's just going to start picking those up and like, well, if I've got any loops available, putting them in my belt loops or in my duster. Yeah. Roll me a, roll me a D6. Three. Okay, you find three light hammers. Cool. I'll, 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 I'm, I'm going to ask. Uh, yeah. Why, why all the hammers, old son? You planning to do some building? No, Dick planned to throw hammer at enemy's face. Ah, okay. Bit, bit arranged in there. Nice. Of course. <laughs> Do I see any arrows? Yes. Yeah, so, there, I mean, there's assortment of bolts for all the guards' uh, crossbows, but you would see a few uh, arrow, arrow quivers if you wish to pick some up. Do I see any bullets? <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to ask. Yeah, that, that one, unfortunately... Uh, you haven't gifted the secrets of bullet creation to anyone, so uh, I don't know if you want to, on a, another hand there, but you don't see any regular bullets. Yeah, maybe we should spend time with the armorer explaining exactly what you need. Do you know you what? Could do that. You could do teach you know him to build bullets. I, th I, th I think genuinely yes, because I'm always like fairly short of them. That's mm. why I mm. use them sparingly. As a gunslinger, I don't sling many guns. I don't so, throw the guns. I could do, but it wouldn't do much damage. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that's something to do today, actually. Sure. Um, and I, I was thinking about, like, I don't think, don't think R4 is ready for another upgrade yet. I think we, we did what we could last time with the materials at hand. I don't think we, there's anything extra. So maybe, maybe not upgrade R4 today. But yeah, it might be worth, a, um, worth kind of explaining the finer arts of gunpowder. Also, um, just so I don't forget, you and Sophia both bought items. I just wondered if you wanted to list out what you actually purchased, just so everyone, uh, oh, everyone listening knows what you've got. Uh, yeah. Where did I write that shit? Yeah, as you raided your uh, trader's chess when you came home. <laughs> Matt, do you know? Oh, what, that's what, what I got. What, okay. You, I, I got was, I was... seven acid arrows, seven lightning arrows, four greater healing potions, and two healing potions, which I then gave to... Dick. I got uh, the Goggles of Night and a couple of healing potions as well. But the Goggles of Night are a just an uncommon magical item. But while wearing these dark lenses, you have a dark vision out to a range of 60 feet. Mm -hmm. Which is really handy because as a roguey type, I now have um, a pair of Ray-Bans that I can wear at night um, and I can see. And we <laughs> don't have Rogar anymore who could see in the dark. Exactly, but also the fact that I'm supposed to be sneaky yes, in the dark yeah. and I can't see fuck all. So now Dick, I can. can you sit in the dark? Yes, Dick can see in the dark. Hmm. That's how he swoops. Mm. Just me then. Yeah, just you, uh, blind in the dark. Mm, bugger. <laughs> well, it's only sixty feet, but they're, they're 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 quite expensive for what they are. But they are they're useful and they don't take up a um, achievement slot, which is handy. Mm. Yeah. So you uh, test those out, you now get a, a sort of a view of the world lacking in colour, but at least you can make out a few things and maybe you won't be quite so uh, disadvantaged when you're fighting in caves with no uh, wall sconces. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Oh, and uh, you can mark down, Sophia, that you got, uh, let's say, 60 arrows. Woohoo! Oh, that is so nice. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to do anything else today, um, I'm going to stay in the army, and I think I'm going to have a nice word with, um, was it Jaro? Uh, Jared. 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 About, um, about the finer arts of, yeah, gunpowder, explosives, and making bullets. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you guys have a plan to leave eventually, I'm happy yep. to go through this quickly if it's basically you just want to rest, recuperate, a bit of downtime before you head off again, or if there's specific things you want to do, call it out. Uh, do you know how long you're planning to stay in Black Frost? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to head out fairly shortly. I basically, I want to get some more ammo if I can first. And mm-hmm. once, once, we've, we've, once I've explained to him how, how to do it, once we've had a go at making some ammo and we've made some successful shots, I'll take some rounds with me and be ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I think Dick might join Tommy up in the forge first off, and then we'll start asking around to see if anybody's heard of a Montel in the area or in sure. the fort. Did we? Did we? Did we go to? Um, did we go and see what happened um, with Martin's chamber in the cellars yet? You, I don't remember if you did, but all that's down there if you do check. So whether you guys have been down there before, but you do have a room that seemed to have been designed for uh, torture, but that you are told by uh, Jules is not Martin's design. That was just the room he took over. It's <laughs> uh, its previous noble owner decided to have that installed. Um, what's down there is a large stone brazier, which looks like it's been uh, freshly crafted and is currently kind of unadorned. Looks like it could raise quite a large fire within it. Seems obviously as Martin was with you, he didn't get a chance to customize it in any way or do anything with it. So it is completely untouched, but currently homed in that room. Mm. It looks very ritualistic, even though it's good. Like it's not got any like sigils carved into it or anything painted on it or anything like that. But you could see this thing like in the middle of like a druid circle or some sort of occult ritual or something. It's definitely got a magic feel to it. Nice. Well, yeah, so cool. I don't think there's anything else particularly we wanted to. No, I think I'm just going to be trying to look after Solara, try to get to sleep or something. I don't know. Um, I guess we've got um, so 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 really the the things we we want our traders to look out for when they come back is to is any mention of um no, any mention of um fame magic and any mention of any kind of um Landrin, Landrin or or any um. Any cleric. kind of healer, cleric, or at all, we'll ask again and see if they can find us a sort of specific, you know, place to go when we get back, and and we'll just kind of feed that back to Jules so she knows exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, and Tommy, in his downtime, I think he might take an interest in training the guards and stuff. Mm-hmm. A little bit of well, because because Tommy's pretty pretty proficient now at um, breaking into places kind of training them a little bit in um counter espionage type techniques stuff that you know your regular guards don't normally do they're too busy with the normal patrolling and watching out try to train them to how to watch out for somebody who wants to break in and how to like prevent someone cutting their throat from behind kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so so our guards are a little bit more trained in in that kind of stuff sure so uh, is that then, are you intending to spend all day here and then head off tomorrow? Or were you going to try head off this evening? If I can, well, if I can get enough ammo, then I, I'm ready to go once I have that. 
Sure. Um, Everyone else? I have no reasons to stay here, really. Uh, yeah, other than what I've already explained, if you know, if yep. Tommy came in and said, we've got to go, then they could go. Okay. Cool. cool. So, I mean, Dick, you joined Tommy in the armory for the morning, um, which you uh, greet Jared, and he uh, gives you a hearty hello, and you set about teaching him the ways of building bullets. It takes a little while to get the information across, and obviously he has to find the right resources. You're in luck that he has what you discover is a bit of black powder left over, so he can craft some bullets for you with the right instruction, and I'll say it basically takes just over half the day to do this. Can I, can I, also, also, can I also say that, yes, I, well, that's another thing I'll ask the traders to find, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The black powder. Yeah. After the half day's done, Jared comes over to you with a little little pouch and uh, goes, well, that was one of the strangest things I've ever made, but here you go. This is the first ever batch. The traders can bring in some more black powder. I might be able to make a few more things for you. And he hands you uh, seven bullets with what little he had. Uh, something. And nothing. <laughs> yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that. And yes, it, uh, it may be bizarre. If we had a few more, I'd have uh, fired off a few rounds to give you a bit of an example of uh, how they work. But uh, I think I'll save these for when they're needed. Mm. He nods that and he goes, I mean, if they serve you well, I mean, if you're willing to let us examine some of your weapons, we could always try outfit the guard with uh, something a bit special. <laughs> it's not a bad shot, actually, but uh, I think we'll wait till we're, till we're back for that one. Don't want don't to waste too much, well, not spend too much time here. We've got plans afoot. But yes, uh, when we get back, that's, uh, that might be quite handy, actually. Mm. While the uh, morning of teaching and crafting was going on, I assume at some point, Dick, you got a little bit bored and wandered off to start uh, questioning people? Yes. I'll say this. You, you go around and you question as many people as you can within the day. Unfortunately, it is a bit fruitless. No one seems to have seen, met, or even really know a Montel. Uh, he definitely does not seem to be among the refugees here. And as far as you can tell, none of them ever saw him in Varadin. Yeah. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Feeling kind of disheartened. You know, Dick will just uh, entertain himself. I suppose, I suppose down at Handrels until everybody uh, <laughs> decides we're going. Yeah. Um, as you ask around all day, do me a just do me a straight up, I'll call it a luck roll. Do me a d20. Uh, that's a six. Six. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is fruitless and you don't learn anything new right now. Awesome. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, Sophia, I mean, you can spend the day with Solara. You can help her pick out some books in the library, you know, and then get some rest and convince her to go to sleep rather than just going straight into research. And, I mean, I'm happy to roll the day forward till tomorrow if we're getting ready to set off. Yep. Uh, I think that makes sense, yeah. I don't want to leave Solara. Okay, well, obviously we can do this off par, but if you're willing to leave any money with uh, the traders and things like that for new things you want, obviously you can... uh, Make a mental uh, note of that. But as you say your goodbyes to Jules, Emmerich, and Captain Andrew, and all the people you've met around here, I'm uh, happy to move us back onto the road as the group of you, now down Solara, as she stays behind in the library to see what she can find out about the Feywild and Fey magic. You hit the trail and start making your way to the north, to the Crown of the World Mountains. Yeah, I feel, feel slightly... Um... 
Slightly unprepared. Less, less unprepared and less confident um, without Solaris Bells back in us. It's something yep. we've grown so used to. AoE. Mm. That's a thing that we really need. That's a thing we don't have much of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Okay. So there's a few things to establish here, and we'll do them early just so I can make a note. Where are you going right now? What is the plan once you get to the mountains? So we have a we have a map, don't we? You do. Yeah. And we have a mountain that disappeared. And wasn't there something else? You had a mountain that didn't exist and appeared. And then you have a city that disappeared. Yeah. So it's one of those two things we need to go and look at first. What's closer? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Arguably, the mountain is closer. Mountain is slightly more to the northeast, whereas Ganaran is more due north. So it's a bit of a, a round trip. I guess if that's that's probably the most logical thing to do, then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll go to the closest thing first, and if thing that we want is not there, then we will move on. Yeah, because okay. we're supposed to take it to Ganaran, so it's yeah. Well, no, Rogar was supposed to take it to Ganaran, and I'm thinking Rogar is going to be searching for it. Where well, he's got a massive head start on us, but he does, and he can but, fly. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying, fly. but we're little and sneaky. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If, if if anyone's got any better ideas, I'm I'm quite open to them. But I mean, so 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 the city that disappeared is that's the place we're taking it to, is it? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, he's taking it to Take the heart to Ganaran. Right. And that's where we're going first because he's had a head start. Which is yeah, which assumes that he's there already. And if he's not there already, he's on. He's he's still in the mountain that didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which case we can head there. Seems yeah. a bit foolhardy, but yes. Because well, because otherwise, if we do it the other way around, then we're we're def- definitely playing catch up. Yeah, yeah. And there's a good chance we spend too much time there, and he's already at Ganaran. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, use, use, using what logic we can. Mm-hmm. So, examining the map, there are multiple ways to try to get through these mountains, and you can either attempt to take the lowland routes, which is pathways, or you can attempt to do a slightly more circuitous path going up and over mountains, like partially climbing, essentially. There are pros and cons to both, in terms of the lowland paths, you could take a guess that those are the most likely areas that you would find more humanoid people. Whether you find giants, orcs, gnolls, you don't know. Or even just any other creatures that live around here that might use more built pathways, or at least well-trodden paths. Going through climbing, however, you may find different things. Things that like to live up in mountain ranges. Do you have a choice on which way you would prefer to try traverse? I would argue lowland. Just, just sounds well, less tiring. It's not just that, but you're less likely to fight something that can fly and we can't hit. <laughs> <laughs> there mm. is that. Um, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. saying. Yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. I. I think we know what to expect a bit more on the lowland path as well. Yeah. Although it feels a little bit more exposed mm-hmm. a little bit more obvious and perhaps that we might might be doing a bit more fighting that way i guess i can i can probably scout ahead a little bit and give us a bit of a heads up 
Well, that leads me to my next question. Who is navigating? Because I'll tell you this. So navigation works off uh, survival checks. Oh, God. Dick is proficient. Oh! Uh, I am not, and it also relies on wisdom. Yes, I have a, I have a nice minus one to that. So, Mr... Um, Fate. Mr. Fate. Mr. Fate, um, I would, I would, I would argue that it would be best for you to navigate. However, um, it might be a good idea for Tommy to scout ahead, nonetheless. So, if we kind of convene, you, you, is you, it just because me and um, R four just like taking up the rear? You can take it up the rear if you like, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I just was thinking that it might be useful because if I encounter anything, I can sneak back to you guys and give you foot like. Well, no, you can give us the the horn of Gondor. Yes, yes, I can blow the horn of Gondor. So um, the way this will work in terms of uh, traversing, there is a chance that you can become lost. Now, there are paths in this area, which you've chosen to take the lowland paths. However, nothing here is really signposted, and the paths lead in all different directions. You're only kind of going vaguely by your map. So... When you're walking through this wilderness, the, your party navigator, which in this case is going to be Dick Fate, uh, makes a survival check against a DC determined by the terrain, which in our case is slightly Arctic terrain, essentially, or mountains, which you've decided to go to low path, so I'll class it as just Arctic. So it's a DC of 10. If the party is moving at a slow pace, the navigator gains a plus 5 to the check. At a fast pace, they get minus 5. If the party has an accurate map of the region, or can see the sun and stars, so I'll combine that. It's like you have a decent map. The navigator will get advantage on this check. If you succeed, you won't become lost. And the party's navigator can repeat the check after the party spends 1d6 trying to get back on course in case you fail. Shit. Okay. Don't fail. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, if this goes like it did in the one shot, Dick becomes surprisingly eloquent and amazing at these checks. <laughs> well, that's just fated us to fail, then. <laughs> you are welcome for that kiss of death. <laughs> yes. uh, no, I was, but you get advantage though because you've got a good map, which is helpful. Yeah. Yes. And and we're not we're not particularly. I don't think we're planning to move slow or fast at this point. I think we're no. just we're just trekking. Yeah. yeah, we're not going fast at all. So you're not taking the penalty, but you're not taking the bonus either. You just no, exactly. We're just, mm. we're just, we're just tracking. That's fine. Do you remember? In terms of traversing, slow means you'd be doing like stealth checks and things like that. Fast means you'd get there quicker, obviously. So mm. walking is just walking. So you will take what comes at you, but you obviously will go by your passive perceptions and all the rest of it. Um, which okay. Tommy has a very high passive perception, so hopefully he'll spot anything as it happens rather than anything taking you by surprise. I, do. I can't I, be surprised. I, I, I can't be surprised. Yeah, well, <laughs> two of you can be, two of you can, so... Yes. But, but I have a passive perception of 19, so basically R4 is like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I will also say this. As you guys are traveling, the closer you get to the mountain range, the temperature drops dramatically throughout the first day of travel before you even get to the, the border. You are already being buffeted by snow and icy cold winds. One of you is faring much worse than the others, as he is basically naked. No, he's not. He's got the boots of cold. Are you wearing them? Well, yeah. I... Are you attuned to them? I will. <laughs> he is feeling A-OK. -okay. The rest of you guys, a little chilly. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a good job, really, that, that Tommy's shtick is a great big long coat and Sophia wears a lot of fur and leather. Mm. It's like, nobody told me what these things actually do. <laughs> so um, you are starting to feel the cold, and but you're not actually in the mountains yet. So as you get closer and you start making your way through, I will also say the snow banks around here are also difficult terrain. Sticking to the paths, it's not too bad, but you can see trying to get uh, off these paths would be quite difficult. You can also expect any number of hazards moving into such an area. So frigid water, thin ice, strong winds, extreme cold drops, all these things. They can and likely will happen. Wonderful. Lovely. Okay. But hey, you've got a navigator. Okay, so <laughs> roll. Yeah, let's do your roll for the first first check. So with advantage, give me that survival. Fifteen. Fifteen. Hey. Fifteen. Uh, you spend a nice little bit of time studying this map and getting familiar with a good place to enter the mountains from. Oh, please tell me he goes into the map and steps on it. <laughs> <laughs> for the younger listeners who haven't watched Friends. Yeah. <laughs> watch Friends. <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, you, you visualize well by standing on top of the map and uh, turning yourself around a few times. <laughs> but weird habits aside, Dick actually proves quite a competent navigator. He finds a decent path into the Crown of the World Mountains that now loom imposingly around all of you. It is quite, quite dramatic seeing these things up close. They are colossal. And you can imagine that if you were a, a mountain climber, this would be a, a lot of fun, but... Fighting on the side of them, probably less fun. Oh, let's not do that then. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> and uh, Dick's warning about creatures living on top of mountains. You think he's probably right, as there are moments where you wonder, hey, did that snowbank just move? Did I just see the a tree shake? Is that something flying up there? There's lots of little moments like that as he leads you for the first uh, first basically half of the day into the mountain range. As the first day is coming to an end, you start making your way in off the path just to find somewhere to camp for the night. It is starting to get blisteringly cold as starting to get like absolutely frigid as the sun is going down behind the mountains and you are just left in the dark with the wind howling and the snow starting to fall down. In fact, there is a point where the snow gets so bad that all of you have reduced sight. You cannot see, in fact, as a blizzard starts to blow into the area. So you rather quickly start to make your way to somewhere where you can make camp. As do as you do so, you're wandering with, I assume, quite a pace to uh, find somewhere decent. You let's uh, let's roll a, a d d four. There's four of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tommy's number one. Actually, no, Dick's number one as he's leading the way. Tommy, number two. Sophia, number three. R4, number four. As is fitting. <laughs> four. So, oh. R4, as he is clanking forward, you see he, you know, he's trying to find a good place for you guys to settle up. Dick's trying to desperately cling on to the map as it's, like, blowing out of his hand. And Tommy is wiping snow off his nice new uh, magical glasses, which is the only thing allowing him to see. And... Sophia, you're pretty much in the dark at this point, as it is basically blinding. You hear R4 walk into something with quite a crunch as he falls to the ground 
and a slight gap in the snowfall reveals that R4 has walked directly into the back of a giant. Oh, boss. Shit. Oops. And Not bad. I'll say Tommy and Dick both do nature checks for me. And Sophia, I'll say, do me an insight check. Fucking six. Uh, an eight from me. <laughs> Come on. Uh, oh, wow. What? Wow. With advantage, I got wow. a five. That is some awful rolling. <laughs> this is this is going well so far. I might just luck that. That's up to you if you wish to spend a luck point. Yeah, I'm gonna luck that. Okay. Because yeah, fuck it. I don't use them enough. Fourteen. Fourteen. Tommy and Dick. I mean, you look at this giant and you see a stone giant, one that. You haven't really come across before, but you've heard descriptions of. They are grey-skinned, quite uh, well-built. They don't really wear much in the way of armour or uh, much clothing other than just some simple garb. Uh, You see it's got a large club attached to its side. And um, it's got kind of like a large pouch nearby that you see has like various bits of uh, rock and rubble in. That's what you gain from this knowledge. I mean, it's it's just a stone giant like any other first one that you've uh, met up close and personal so it is a huge creature in fact it's not quite as big as the frost giant you all met but it's still very big it's bigger than any of the orcs gnolls or demons you came across I say it's it's only a few feet shorter than the frost giant sophia as this is all kind of happening at once you look over at this creature just as the snow breaks a little bit and yes, you also see a stone giant. And you're almost about to just dismiss that and maybe go to grab a weapon to defend yourself. When something catches your eye, this stone giant, his hand hasn't actually gone to his club. And you don't know giants very well. But you'd say this one looks a little young. And actually looks a little scared by suddenly seeing four well-armoured small folk surrounding it. That's what you gain with the 14. I'm gonna stay, Jerry White. Stay still. It's a young stone giant. Don't make any sudden movements. You're not gonna fucking suggest that he's more scared of us than we are of him, are you? <sighs> Let's just see how it pans out, alright? So Tommy, Tommy's gonna kind of lower the guns that he already has in his hands. Slightly. No one speaks giant, do we? Oh, comprehend language. Actually, no, that's just understanding it. Well, you might still help to understand it. Oh, yeah, I, I have a spell. Wait a minute. I mean, Tommy has the uh, helm if he wishes to activate I, it. I, I, do, I, I do have the helm, so again, I can also understand. Yeah. I'll activate it. That's my one of my third level slots is to fucking understand this shit. Well, I can understand and translate if you like. Yeah, let's try that. But but I also can't speak back. Well, no, we'll just... We'll, we'll see how we get on, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, Tommy, initially this creature does start to speak and you just kind of hear... It's almost like <laughs> their language is almost like hearing two rocks rub against each other. It's very gravelly, very bassy. And then you uh, touch, touch a finger to the helm of Comprehend Languages and it starts to come through. And you hear, no harm... Please, 
Noam. And he kind of starts to raise both his hands, which if you didn't understand him, you might have thought that he was going to reach for his weapon, but he actually doesn't seem to be. I'm going to um, going to raise my hands slowly and placatingly, as if to say, uh, and I kind of, uh, look, mate, uh, no worries. It's, it was a uh, snowy out, innit? Uh, look, we just uh, just bumped into you. That's all. Um, I'm not here for a scrap or anything. Uh, do you uh, do you speak common by any chance? The the young stone giant watches you as you speak, and then you you get very quickly that he's not really comprehending you, and he, and he responds, "Small folk, I do not understand you. Please, please, if you." Understand me, no. Do not attack, please. I, I'll, I'll nod slowly, Tim, and I'll point to my ears as if to say, "I hear you, pal." Hmm. I do a roll for him. Okay. He looks at you and your gesture. This tiny little creature compared to him, but he kind of focuses down on you and goes, and sort of nods and goes, "I, I see you." You understand me, but you do not speak. I'll I'll I'll, I'll throw up a throw, throw up a very very like uh, what's the word um, over the top thumbs up like yes bang on mate. <laughs> Wait a minute, there are some cultures where if you um shake your head it means yes and nod it means no. Very true. Let's hope that giant is similar to us. <laughs> 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 thumbs up means good and thumbs down means bad yeah <laughs> he nods along goes small folk please follow me I can take you to one who speaks insight check that motherfucker um, uh, Tommy can yeah, yeah sort of okay. I'll, 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 I will insight check it because that, that is something that Tommy would do especially more paranoid Tommy that was a four so yeah whatever so it seems like it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I say it's very um, it's difficult to get a read when this is like being magically translated into your ears, and you're not familiar with stone giants. So his his mannerisms, his face, like it's very difficult to read. Not, I mean, his face almost looks like part of a rock face. So you see why they're called stone giants. They're very like he looks like a walking slab of animated rock and muscle. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of look at him. Kind of step a bit closer, but but it's friendly, and 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 sort of sign like friends, like as if the two hands shaking hands. Oh um, my god, Mister Tumble! Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and teach this fucker how to do singing. You might as well right? say, yeah. <laughs> you might as well say, like, speak friend and fucking enter, Matt. Well, I don't want to enter him right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Though I could probably just walk in there, the size of this guy is. Um, no, I'm I'm trying to kind of sign as if to say, is this guy a friend? And I'm gonna kind of kind of hold my hands out like this, two hands shaking, and then kind of go like suggestive, like hands out, like question. Uh, you extend your hand to him? No, no, you're like 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 friends, as if I'm gonna. I'm, I'm two hands shaking each other. Oh, I um, see. Like like that, and then as if to say, is this guy you're taking us to a friend? Will he be a friend? Kind of thing. Yeah. See, see if he gets that. Okay. The stone giant does sort of rapidly nod and goes, yes, he's his friend. He, he can speak to you. 
Hmm. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to kind of hold up a hand as if to say okay, and I'm going to turn around and explain what he's just said to to the others. All right. So uh, big mate over there. He doesn't want us to attack him. He seems quite young and bizarrely afraid of us. He wants to take us to a friend who can translate. Well, we don't need to talk to him. We just need to go around him. Well, look, I mean, yes, there is that. Though he might take us someone who can give us some more information. Or conversely, he might take us right into the fucking lion's den and take us right to some kind of leader of the giants who's going to want to kill us. Either way, we kind of find what we're looking for, though. What, the giants? Well, they're involved somehow, and I guess we might find out a bit more about how they're involved. Or we might have to fight for our lives. Suffice to say, whatever happens, he'll be on his way back to tell his mate exactly where we are and where we're going. So we're going to gonna meet him sooner or later, regardless. Yeah, I guess. Also, to that, to, compared to them, we're pretty small, so we can probably... Uh, Probably escape like a like rats from a sinking ship or through like little holes and stuff that they can't follow us through. So you never know. I mean, is there a check I could do? Do I know anything about giants? You can do it. You can do a nature check to see if you know anything about stone giants in particular. I don't know. Me? Are they known to be mischievous or deceptive or an eight? Eight. You you don't know a great deal about them. With an eight, not much is said about them from a aggressive point of view. You would have certain. You've heard stories of powerful, violent giants, but typically those are normally fire and frost giants. You know, hill giants are basically just giant gluttons. They just eat everything, and that obviously causes a problem for farmers when their entire crop is picked up and devoured, which tends to lead to violent altercations with heroes, as you'd expect. There are other sorts of giants as well, which again, you don't know too much about. Stone, say with an eight, you don't know a great deal. You don't know too much negative about them. You do know that there is a stone giant involved in the Shimmering River camp. The the giant known as Morinhol was referred to as a stone giant. Oh, was Morinhol was the guy that was kind of like a motivational speaker wasn't he he visited the camp yes yeah. and gave some sort of sermon or speech and tommy saw his name as one of the three names put to signing over basically the land of oshara to the orcs so uh, yeah so if we between us t- talking now sophia and tommy might probably might recall that name he's going to turn back to um to the stone giant and say morinhall question mark you say that and the stone giant's eyes go wide and you see him go from grey to a very pale grey and he drops to his knees and puts his head in his hands and you see he starts whimpering and you start to realise that this giant is probably a lot younger than you would have thought it doesn't help that he's like 16 foot tall but he is a child for them and when you when he kind of leans over, you can see that his back is covered in scars that look reasonably fresh. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of gently set hands up like no 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 Morinhol. 
and kind of nod to him as if to say, you're not taking us to Morrenhall. <laughs> no, 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 we, d- we don't want anything to do with him either mm-hmm. at this point. No, Morrenhall. And I'm kind of going to approach him gently and kind of like almost kind of friendly pat his stones gently as if to say, hey, it's okay, buddy. Uh, do, do, me a, do me a persuasion. I say do it with advantage while he's in a bit of a vulnerable state. Okay. A 15. 15. Approaching and kind of talking calmly, even though he doesn't really understand what you're saying, he gets the impression from you that you were doing the check-in to making sure that's where he wasn't about to take you. And he kind of wipes tears and a snot off of his face and nods and again asks you, would you come with him to his leader? Looks like he's not in league with the uh well with the uh the, those that well the one that was with uh the, the uh, shimmer moving camp so i'm guessing he's also not in league with that lot from from his reaction anyway i mean it doesn't seem like he's bright enough to be fooling us that's because he's fucking two mate well exactly he's like i don't know what to say to you come and see my dad kind of thing <laughs> and, <laughs> and and yeah i'm i'm inclined to go yeah yeah let's go he's seen us he'll just tell his parents where we are yeah um dick you you up for um go and meet the giants dick has no idea what is going on <laughs> um yeah same as us <laughs> yeah well <laughs> yeah pretty much uh we're just going to follow this bloke here. Well, this this kid here, and he's going to take us to his parents or his family or someone else. And hopefully they're not going to try and kill us. But if they are, we're going to kill them. Sound good? But why? Because we might find out a bit more about what we're up here for. Dude, this kid. Okay. You see that he's quite young, right? Let's just take him back to his parents. That would be what nice, good people would do. Dick not babysitter. Does this look like a baby? Let's just walk him back. Yeah, well, who knows? Whoever we speak to might give us some useful information about the, the heart or the city or the mountain or maybe fuck all, but it's worth a punt. You go. Dick, 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 go forward. Dick, forward, always. But this is forward. This is forward in a roundabout direction. And we're doing heroic stuff on the way, you know. You don't when when the hero goes out on his noble quest and um, folk call out to him to help. He doesn't ignore them to go and take on the main part. He helps the people on the way, and they in turn help him with his main quest. You must know this. This is basic bread and butter hero stuff. But you don't help old lady cross street. No, Dick, real hero, not not parent. This is this is real hero stuff, mate. This is real hero stuff. We are we have encountered someone upon our quest whom we may find useful information from, which may aid us in our quest and serve the quest to be completed safely and with heroics and that. <laughs> Come on, mate. We, we we all well know if we split up here and you bugger off then no one's going to hear from any of us ever again. We're going to be lost without you. And you're going to be, you might find your way there and die immediately because we've not got you back. Between us, however, as a group of heroine adventurers, we might just stand a chance. Dick's just shaking his head and he's like, Dick have Montel, 
Dick go Dick win. Here, here, yes, but we don't have Montel right now. But tell you what, here is a giant that we might just be able to ask if he's ever heard of Montel. And you never know. Dick's looking at you because he knows that it's total bullshit. <laughs> well, I don't know. But but he's but he's gonna go anyway. Because <laughs> like fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> right. Okay, so um I'll 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 turn back to um to the little giant and say and give him the thumbs up saying lead on then pal. Okay. The uh, the giant stands back up to his more impressive uh, height and nods and sort of starts happily walking, striding away, and you guys have to rush to keep up with him as he makes his way back to his already set up camp. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and try and rush up a bit bit to him and kind of pat him on the leg, see if he stops, and um kind of mime can we have a lift? He'll he'll grab you, Tommy, and put you on his shoulder. Sweet. Uh, yes after about 10 minutes of uh, trek through the snow you do eventually get to a little camp you see a a large well for you would have been a bit of a bonfire but for these giants an appropriately sized campfire has been set up and you see four other stone giants walking around preparing themselves for getting down to rest some eating they all look around this giant's age. They all look quite young. And then you see a sixth giant who is sat on the other side of the campfire who looks ancient. At least his face does. His face is like lined. And for a stone giant, it almost looks like cracks in rock. But he is a very old looking giant. His body is in surprisingly good shape for his age, though, he would say. He still looks like he could punch through a wall. But when you start to get a little bit closer and he lifts his head and kind of sits a little bit more upright, he was almost in a bit of a a meditating position by the fire. But as he kind of looks up to you all, you notice that his side and just a bit up onto his chest, which you can see coming out just out of these sort of loose robes that he's wearing, has... It almost looks like it's been carved out by something. Like his flesh and muscle has been ripped away there. So though his arms and legs still look like this guy hit the gym every single day, his torso looks horribly weakened. I guess do they turn to our approach or anything? All the other yeah, all the other young giants kind of look over at this uh their presumably friends return and the older giants says something that, Tommy, you pick up uh, just with the tail end of your Comprehend language as, Who are your new friends, Gurin? Who do you bring before me? And the young giant, whose name is Gurin, apparently, puts you back on the floor, Tommy, so you can approach properly and goes, Master Hundrund, I found them in wandering the blizzard. They claim to be friends. They did not attack me when they saw me. The older stone giant stares at each one of you individually. There's this incredibly hard look, not really giving anything away until he eventually speaks, and he does speak in common for you all to hear. I am surprised and heartened that Gurin met people wandering this mountain who did not attack him on sight. Tell me, who are you all? Well, yes, we were um, 
equally surprised and pleased we didn't have to get into a scrap with Gumrun. He seems like a nice kid. I am Tommy. This is uh, Sophia. This uh, gentleman with the face paint on is Dick. And the metal gentleman behind me is my uh, hetero life partner at R4. (laughs) (laughs) The older stone giant kind of nods to each of you. And it's interesting. He sat there kind of in like this um, lotus position, sort of meditating, and he's still double all your height. This this man, if he stood up, would probably be about 18, 19 foot tall. So it is very strange that his like his head is bigger than most of you. <laughs> looks towards each of you and goes, It is rare these days for strangers to show compassion and kindness over violence and destruction. I greet each of you. I um and he seems to ponder this for a moment and then goes I am the last master of the Stone Wardens. My name is Hurund. I welcome you all to our camp. Oh, um, we very much appreciate you. Uh, you're welcome. And um, I'm going to bow a little bit. Actually, I can't. Only oh, speak in common. I bow a little bit. Yeah, he's speaking common. T- Tommy doesn't bow. <laughs> um, Tommy had a bad experience of bowing last time. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he but he's suitably cowed by the by his i i've got to be honest with you uh stone wardens we're not uh we're not too au fait with the uh giant culture uh our apologies we uh, could you could you explain to us what that means he nods and goes i mean no disrespect but i would not expect a small folk to understand our place the Stone Wardens were founded long ago. We were the tenders to the Shrine of Othrin, our freer and liberator. Oh, oh, well, uh, I think we're in the right place. I think we might be in the right place. Yes, we we're on a mission. We don't quite know the um, full parameters of the mission, but it does appear like you may be able to fill us in a little bit more. I'm like, see, Dick, see, see, see. Gentlemen, here has some exposition for us. You haven't seen a massive giant, have you? A massive, well, not a massive a dragon. T- 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 Tommy looks at you <laughs> and just looks back at the massive giant, and then looks back. I'd be like, "Sorry, slip of the tongue." Dragon, yes, uh, yes. Uh, we, we we all just saw a well. I say just a couple of days ago, saw a very large dragon heading in this direction. Dragon. My people know the wrath of dragons from old. It was from such creatures that Othrin freed my people and earned our service. They are deadly predators and not to be underestimated in a fight. What has brought you so far north? We, uh, well, this, the most literal explanation is, uh, our city was domed, and we acquired the rights to um, to a castle nearby, a fortress, in fact. Um, do you know Blackfrost? He shakes his head. I fear I am not familiar with your lands. Uh, that's, uh, that's no problem. It's not too far from here. So this is um, kind of, as it were, our back garden, really. 
um not ours it's yours but you know it's um what is your problem could very soon become our problem uh now unfortunately a colleague of ours turns out wasn't entirely honest with us about a few matters or one of which was that he was on a quest to uh return the heart of othran and we are doing our best to stop him how would a small folk ever find the heart it is a secret that only my clan know i would suspect he would have some help from demons and otherworldly entities of which he was in cahoots i would also suspect he probably has the help or may have found the help of some of your kind and certainly now that he is a dragon he might be able to do a little bit of an easier job should we show him the map do we trust him enough yet yeah i was gonna say i wouldn't show him the map yet not just yet no but true i would i would say yeah i would say we're on our way up here i don't know perhaps with some futility but um as my friend dick would say as heroes do to try and stop what we feel may be a great evil taking place some kind of great evil that perhaps is beyond this world you are right about a great evil rising in these lands our once proud city ganarin now raises black banners and calls my people to war our teachings have been perverted by those that we held close to us my own people suffered suffered a terrible betrayal and you look around and you notice that not just the young stone giant who brought you here and Hurund are scarred in different ways. Every one of the stone giants here bears some sort of wound. Some of them look like burn marks. Some of them look like just like weapon attacks of one form or another. They're all not looking the healthiest. I would assume this uh, has something to do with Morinhol. You see when that name gets mentioned, all the stone giants around start looking at you and... Hurund sort of raises his hand to kind of calm things. You speak the betrayer's name. Apologies, I meant no disrespect, but um, I thought we'd cut to the chase. Morinhal's story is a long one, and I fear I would struggle to relate it all to you in this tongue. However, the Stone Wardens were founded to pass down knowledge from one generation to the next. We were the keepers of Othran's legacy and what he stood for. We guarded his shrine and made sure it stayed secret and hidden only known to the the masters of our sect. To do so, we developed a technique of passing down memories. (sighs) These are strange times, and I never thought I would come to such a conclusion. But if one of you was willing, I would happily share knowledge that you may find of use if you seek out the betrayer. Dick will do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you want to be the one to come forward, it's up to you. As Dick raises his hand like a child at school. Uh, uh, um, Uh, Yeah, I think I'll step forward as well. Well, I would say 
it appears we're all up for it. So, Dick was first. <laughs> <laughs> Dick is new. He hasn't got oh, tenure yeah. yet. <laughs> so, Hurund explains he's both willing to pass down the knowledge of his people and of this betrayal, just to give you full context of what these people are and to make this conversation run a lot smoother. He reaches out his massive hand first and sort of places uh, as gently as he physically can. He places his finger just on your head, Mr. Fate, and you feel he almost, he has to hold himself back from just compressing your neck and breaking it. But as he does so, you see he closes his eyes and then opens them again and his eyes are completely white. And Tommy, Sophia, you watch as Dick's eyes also go white. And then he takes his hand away and goes, I cannot do this with you. Your mind... Your mind is ravaged. I sense... I sense taint of others have done things to you, has infected you. I fear... I fear there is much inside yourself that you do not accept, and the scars are deep, forcing this knowledge upon you could prove fatal. He moves his hand over and does the same to Tommy. Again, you feel the sort of weight of that finger pushed down upon your skull. And he opens his eyes and takes his hand away and goes, your scars are similar, though you, though you seem to have accepted them as part of yourself. I could impart our knowledge to you, but it would be at great risk. And then he puts his hand over to Sophia. And then eventually you see him sort of nod. You, your mind is intact, though I sense damage within you on a almost spiritual level, as if both you and your friend here have been weakened somehow, your will drained. Yeah, if you could, uh, if you could do anything about that, that'd be awesome. He nods and then goes, for you, the process would be the simplest if you are willing to accept my gifts. He says that to you, Sophia. I, again, bow and say I'd be honoured. I'm guessing that's because Tommy's a Barspawn. No, it's because the, um, the, the, the king in yellow... No, 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 it's because you're a Barspawn, mate. A you haven't accepted me. the fact that you're no. a fucking Barspawn. He just said I'd accepted it, so fuck you. <laughs> I wish Rogar was up. here. Shut up and, 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 and take, your, um, take your mind gifts. <laughs> All right, don't be tetchy, Barspawn. <laughs> All right, vampire, chill out. <laughs> well, if you're accepting Sophia, Hurun sort of invites you to sit down in front of him. And uh, when you do so, first he is going to impart the knowledge his people have passed down. And he reaches out again with his hand, and you feel like a stab of pain behind your eyes like a terrible migraine that suddenly come upon you and you do take some damage from this this is not a, a simple process you take 10 points of psychic damage fantastic but you start to see a whole host of images you learn that these stone giants the stone wardens are an ancient clan that were basically brought under othrin's banner after he freed them from the tyranny of an ancient white dragon known as Ferrican the Giant Eater. 
Othryn actually took this dragon's mate, Gorgoroth, as a mount and used it in his later campaigns. The Stone Wardens felt such a deep debt to Othryn that after his demise, they dedicated themselves to preserving his legacy and passing down his legend, as well as actually protecting his shrine where he lay to rest. They were the ones who actually brought him back to these mountains and built the shrine itself. And they even watched as a mountain formed around him, as if the Titan of the Earth wished to protect its champion. And as you focus on those memories, he does impart part of Othrin's legacy onto you. Do you see that this giant, a storm giant, in fact, a very powerful creature, existed roughly, you would guess, about 3,500 years ago. This is very ancient knowledge, but you know some giants live for a very long time. Othrin came to prominence within the giant caste system by essentially dominating the other storm giant tribes through sheer force of his will. Although he was a, a deadly warrior, his true power lied in his ability to draw the other giants in through words and deeds. His most notable victories against his fellow kind were remarkable in just how little blood was ever shed. When Othrin spoke, the other giants felt as if their gods had come down to lead them personally. Many revered Othrin as an avatar of divine power. Others even took to outright worship, which you do sense a little bit in from these Stone Wardens, or at least the Ancient Ones. After his death, the Stone Wardens and some other sects actually continued firm in their belief that one day Othrin would be reborn to actually lead the giants once again. It was said that he'd been blessed by the elements, and he would often ride into battle on that ancient white dragon, Gorgoroth, the Frost Tyrant. His forces were numerous and terrifying to the small folk of the southern lands. Supposedly, the mountains themselves would even move at his command, the water would change its flow, the winds would howl or silence at his word, and his wrath could bring fire down upon any enemies unlucky enough to stand before him. The knowledge here is a little spotty as to how his empire collapsed. At the height of its power, they'd conquered most of the northern and northeastern lands on this continent, but Othrin himself was slain in the Midlands region of Tikar, during actually quite a poorly planned assault on lands that had been recently enhanced and reinforced. When a direct attack had proved disastrous, Othrin's plan had been to starve the small folk out of their defenses, but unfortunately the giant's limited naval forces were rather ill-prepared for the support that the small folk received from uh, the neighboring island of Sephira. The island ships were famed for their seafaring prowess and easily outmaneuvered the giants, sinking any vessels they had and killing any creatures that they brought under their power without too much effort. The nearby ocean actually still bears the name Madman's Folly, which you would recognize from maps. That's in honor of the giant's defeat there from all those years ago. With his fleet sunk and Othrin's own supply lines exhausted and horribly stretched given how far his campaign had come, his own forces suffered in this siege far worse than the people of Takar. Othrin admitted defeat and began to withdraw, but unfortunately for him, that's exactly what the small folk and their allies had been waiting for. They struck against the beleaguered giant's forces and shattered his weakened defenses, and eventually felled Othrin himself. You see in this snippets of vision 
an orc mercenary who led a band known as Clan Ogresh, a orc known as Mordrek, landed the killing blow. He was a, a berserker orc warrior who tore into Othrin with an axe and almost decapitated the giant emperor. The giants who fled managed to reclaim Othrin's body from the orcs, enabling it to be enshrined within the mountains near to his birth. That's the knowledge you gain from Prurund initially. That's the story that is passed down through these people, an understanding of what Othrin tried to do and where he failed. But in honor of all the work he did to try create an empire for the giants, something that could last as a legacy. Bloody hell. Okay. Well, mm. I've heard of Sephira. Hide the axe. And hide the axe. The axe. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Fortunately, this hasn't been passed on to Dick, otherwise Dick would be holding it right now like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that's his... Uh, why Clan Ogresh seems to have a thing about giant killing, yet have been brought under the wing. Hmm... Yeah, they hate giants. But they like the promise of a country all to themselves. So, you know, alliances change over time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oops. I mean, I don't know. Do you say anything, Sophia, upon getting that sort of first burst of knowledge, kind of like the ancient story? Um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's very in character. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> This guy was immense, guys. This guy could do anything. So she says that, but all of you hear that strange, gravelly, rockish sound, as if two rocks are clashing together because Sophia can now speak giant. Woohoo! That's awesome! From nice. the imparted knowledge. Can she Is that permanent, right? Giant? Yeah, she can yeah. speak and understand. It's going to take oh. you to get her right language back, but... <laughs> when they look at me like I'm talking odd, I'm going to look at um, the Stone Warden again and being like, they all right? He sort of smiles at you and goes, yes, I wondered if that would happen. You have been gifted the giant tongue. It is a side effect of sharing such knowledge with you. Oh my god, I can speak giant. That gonna be pretty useful i feel yeah i mean tommy can you still understand me um not at the moment but i could cast it again if i wanted to um, all right okay. which, which, which I'm, i was kind of tempted to but um, no it's all right cause, i'll cause just I, I i know you're speaking giant having been understand, heard, yeah. understanding it and speaking to speaking to them so i knew you were speaking giant i guess but um yeah i, I hadn't bothered to yet because i'm assuming you can still speak Normally. No, no, I'm just not going to speak common ever again now. <laughs> Fine, then I'll start speaking dwarfish at you. Oh, actually, can I speak dwarfish? Damn it! No. Nope. I can speak dwarfish. It has not been useful. <laughs> um, it yeah, might so... later, but it hasn't <laughs> yeah. yet. Not yet. So, yeah, I say, sorry, um, that's weird. Um, I can speak giant now. Ha ha ha. That, uh, he, that was just, that was a bit of a flavour. Just the story of Othrin and how Clan Ogresh slayed him. Oh, oh, oh. Dick is very confused. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll, t we'll tell you later, Dick. Uh, 
Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, <laughs> right, well, um, beyond him. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so is is that everything, or have you got more? Hurand uh, looks back to you, Sophia, and goes, "That was our history, but to understand what is happening now, I feel it would be useful to share with you the betrayer's actions, if you are prepared." Um, I'm going to be like from the Matrix when Neo's like, more. <laughs> and I just sit there and watch things happen like in front of my face. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna plug it into the back of your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thunk. Yeah. He, yeah. he nods and goes, this is my memory. So it will be much more intense than those that have been passed down. Steal yourself. And he reaches out again to touch your head. And you take a further... Uh, I rolled low, actually. Seven points of psychic damage. Okie So as his hand kind of reaches out and so sort of blocks your vision for a moment, you almost instinctively kind of blink. And when your eyes open, you're walking back through the caverns towards your chambers after your usual early morning stroll through the lands around the mountain. After all these centuries, these lands still instill within you a sense of calm and peace that other areas have never quite lived up to. As you climb the well-worn stone steps, you begin to feel a sense of unease. Something feels wrong. It takes you a moment to realize what's missing. The noise. Why is the temple so silent? The sounds of children playing, the neophytes training, the monks morning combat practice, you can hear none of it. You start rushing to the top of the staircase and quickly throw open the doors to your private chambers. And that is where you see him, the stone giant, Morinhal, the young child that you brought into this temple and raised like a son. That young boy no longer stands before you but a grown man, a man with blood-soaked hands, and a look of madness flaring within his eyes. Where is it, father? You shake your head in disgust. Part of you wishes to immediately deny the truth, reject the obvious facts, but as much as it pains your heart, you ask the question that you don't really need an answer to. More all, where is everyone? He smiles, his mouth pulled tight into a crazed grin. Don't dodge the question, father. Where is the shrine? I thought I'd find the location in your chambers, but I realized that it's not something that you'd write down, is it? It's locked up tight in that ancient brain of yours. You watch the fresh blood drip down from his fingers pitter-patter on the hard stone floor, each drop sending waves of anguish through your body. Oh, could you? After everything we did for you, after everything... You can't even finish the sentence. Rage is rapidly building within you, a rage that you've never felt before in your life. Before Morinhal can react, your right fist connects with his jaw and sends him flying across the room. You don't give the young stone giant a moment to recover as you land on top of him and rain devastating blows onto his head and body. 
a lifetime of dedication and training erupting upon someone you could never have imagined raising your fist against. Mornhol's skull fractures beneath your blows, and he raises his hands in a pleading defense. And for a moment you see the young child you brought into the temple all those years ago, and it stays your hand. You pause the killing blow, a mistake you'll regret for the rest of your life as Morinhol reaches out, placing his palm upon your stomach, and you fall backwards, just racked with pain. As you look down, you see a huge chunk of your torso's flesh is rapidly melting away. Morinhol picks himself up, and you see his blood-stained hand is wreathed in this sickly green and black light. Don't die yet, old man. I've yet to crack that precious skull of yours open. Those secrets you hide should see the light of day. The pain is intense, and despite everything, despite having seen your fist freeze like that, you know that killing him, killing someone that you loved as a son, just isn't within you. You watch Morinhol draw his great club as he begins approaching you. Your mind is reeling, but one thing remains clear. You must escape. You can't let what you know fall into his hands, and perhaps, perhaps some have survived this attack? If so, they'll need you to guide them. Gritting your teeth, you quickly regain your footing, just as Morinhol gets into striking distance, channeling your inner strength into a blow not meant to kill, but to momentarily stun. You connect with Morinhol's ribs, dragging your knuckle in as part of his body briefly goes slack. You turn and run back towards the door you entered through. Going all out, you're far quicker than Morinhol could ever be. But as you reach what you hope is a safe distance, you cast one final look back over your shoulder and see the figure of your child stood in the doorway to your chambers. A twisted look of pure hatred locked upon his face. You also notice one more thing. A shadow of a much smaller creature stood behind your son, clad in black armor with an ornate helmet, which your mind has already made up. You, you must flee and preserve what you can. And with that, Sophia, the memory ends. And so does this episode. Bloody hell, so many questions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to that again. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you wanted to kill the giant. Who did? Who you like? It looks like he's gonna beat us up. Who said that? Tommy. When? Did when I? We first stumbled upon him. Well, Good thing I rolled uh, a luck. Uh, first, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he's a giant, isn't he? <laughs> who, who knew there were good giants? And let he's a baby giant. <laughs> well, that's true. That's who... How did we know there were good giants? We didn't know there were good giants, and, and, and also, it would have been pretty hilarious if um, Dick had whipped out the uh, giant killing axe, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> Bugger. It was, yeah, it was a, a very good job we came to um, Mr. Exposition and found out some more shit about what's going on. Yeah. Black. Guy in black armor with an ornate helm. Well, we've come across one of those. Yep. Rogar came across him a few times and, um, well, yeah. 
He didn't, he yes. didn't take too long to Roger. No, he didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, that's that's um, that's answered a few questions and left us with a lot more. As yeah, usual, that, as <laughs> is my way. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, our uh, tale continues to unravel, and next week you may find out more and get to ask some of those questions. But for now, thank you for joining us, everyone. That was Gunpowder Trees and No Plot. If you're enjoying the show, do check out our Patreon. If you uh, wish to uh, sign up there, think of it as just like giving us a little tip for all the work we do. There are lots of different tiers and rewards and fun things to find out there, so go check it out at patreon.com slash gtmp. We are also on Twitter. If you wish to shout out to us, we are there as at trees and no, and my players are there with their player names at gtmp at the end of it. And we also have a WordPress website and Facebook group, all at Gunpowder Trees and No Plot. And I will turn you over to my co-hosts to say their own little goodbyes. It's Ask Dick! Hello, my name is Dick Fate, the Agony Ant for Veridin. This week, I have a question from Jenny that reads, I recently bought three dogs for my husband. They're called Bra, Bra, and Brah. He recently got very upset and claimed they killed the Owens boy. He said he was going to kill them and offer them to his mother as a meal. But now, both him and the Owens widow have gone missing. Has he left me to be with her? <sighs> Dear Jenny, you are an idiot. Your husband and the Owens widow are most likely dead. And if you aren't dead by the time you get this message, I will be very surprised. If you are still alive, you have a problem. If no one else can help, and if you can find a pigeon, maybe you can hire the agents of Hobo. <laughs> By dialing 555-MURDER-HOBO. That's 555-MURDER-HOBO. Such an American thing, the five five five, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> well, we'll 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 get right on that. <laughs> and uh, as usual, if you uh, want to hear more from me, I'm afraid you can't. But uh, we are on to the letter B in Tommy's book of spells. Yes, I'm still doing the fucking spells. Right, so I've been looking through all this bollocks, and with the letter B, there's a few things you can do. You can bane people, you can sense beasts, like, yes, there's a fucking cat outside. You can bestow curses, you can make fucking tentacles come out. This is all bollocks, in it? Right, but I thought we'd go with something that's uh, cropped up a few times. Um, Quite recently, actually, and that's a spell. Actually, I do you know what? This is quite fucking useful, and that is banishment. Now, the uh, the wording is: uh, you attempt to send one creature that you can see within range to another plane of existence. A target must succeed on a charisma saving throw or be banished. If the target is native to the plane of existence you're on, you banish the target to a harmless demi plane. While stare, the target is incapacitated 
the target remains there until the spell ends, at which point the target reappears in the space it left or in the nearest unoccupied space if that space is occupied. If the target is native to a different plane of existence than the one you're on, the target's banished with a faint popping noise returning to its own plane. If the spell ends before one minute's passed, the target reappears in that space it left or in the nearest unoccupied space if that space is occupied. Otherwise, the target does not return, which is fucking brilliant, isn't it? So you're out there. There's some big cunt trying to uh, trying to splat you, mates. And uh, you've got a uh, you've got a spellcasting guy with you who who looks in his book or whatever the fuck they do, you know, just draws it from within himself. And he goes, nope. And the fucker disappears. Gone. Boom. And as long as you can hold it for a minute and he doesn't come from this plane, he's fucking gone. What's not to love? And when he does come back, at least hopefully you've killed some of his camp mates. Oh my god, I'm waiting for daggers. Sorry. Daggers? Oh, yeah, there's, there's, there's no well, like. I, I, I used to need daggers for like weapons, but I know fuck all about spells, don't I? I mean, why don't you rate them? What do you think? Is banishment fucking good or not? Um, I'll give it a level four. It is actually a fourth level spell. So. Yes! Good guess. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, no joke. I couldn't be bothered to look one up. <laughs> good. Did good dedication there. Hey, I, I, I did a whole bit on fucking banishment. <laughs> it is amazing. And now we do not have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We're some giant friends, though. Yes, true. I mean, and we could go against a Babao, which is also known as a one-horned horror or an ebony death. They possess a devilish deceptiveness combined with a demonic bloodlust. They enjoy toying with their lesser opponents when it's safe to do so. Their more subtle sadism and stealth set them apart from their more overt demon kin. For example, they capture their targets for later torture as opposed to immediate bloodshed. Bit like Cookson and this pod. Hmm. It's always far more fun. Yeah, later torture. <laughs> The prospect of future torture. <laughs> <laughs> but there will always be torture. Yes. Of course. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya. I'm Emily. I'm Erica. And we're your new best friends. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Listen to Grow Out of It every Sunday to make fun of us. As all best friends should. While we read our old creative writing from our childhoods. There's a first time for everything. The magnified voice <laughs> replied. Mm -hmm. My name is Morgus and I will destroy you. <laughs> Classic Morgus. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects you heard during this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so be sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.